Climbers, does a blank page bully ever beat you up? When you sit down to write, do you ever just lock up like, it has to be great, it has to be perfect, or you just can't dig in? You're so busy trying to find the best angle, the best idea, the best groove, that all you create is a headache? Well, that's called analysis paralysis. And on today's episode, I'm going to reveal how I defeat it again and again, so you can too. Johnny, do that thing you do. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is paramount, mission critical to your success. Not raw talent and somebody else to spend the money and to turn you into a household name. You got to start that fire on your own. Better for the art though. That's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's Brilliant! Thank you. <laughs> that was a Baxter M from my good friend and co-host and rapper, Old Dirty Baxter. That's Brent right. Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Randy Jackson, Alan, Alan Jackson, Randy Travis. Come on, dog. Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about my boy Baxter here is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he regularly gives you opportunities to connect and create relationships with the pros. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production, the breaking artist digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but yeah, he's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny. D, Johnny, you feeling better, brother? Much better, thank you. Oh, that's good. That makes me happy. Much better. That was like a nasty little flu virus. Well, it's, it's, we got stuff going around our house too. Hazel just went, she was in the hospital a couple, like two weeks ago. Antibox didn't kick it out, came back, had to get another round of antibiotics. Emily had it, antibiotics. It came back. She's in the house in bed, not feeling well. I'm like, how's my throat feeling? I don't know. We got some strep going around. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I guess you're really going through it. Right. So, Janelle, I don't think she had any antibiotics. She just had a, a girl's night out. That was like a big fancy to do. But is <laughs> yeah. it going to be at the hotel? It's like, I already spent this money in the hotel. I'm like, you sure you want to go do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, I already spent the money. And then she came back the next day and went backwards. Oh, yeah. On it. And she's like, oh, I was like, I don't know. I think, <laughs> like, I get why you did it, but that, that wasn't yeah. uh it didn't work well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll let you figure that one out. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad y'all are at least on the road to recovery and getting better. Yes, we are. Thank you very much. Yes. Join the Climb community on Facebook if you haven't done so already. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the Climb community. Simple to mm-hmm. remember. And this is a thriving <laughs> Group. Can I talk about unthriving for a second really quick? Did I tell you about the response I got from somebody? No. I just get this weird DM message. Uh-huh. It says, sure. <laughs> I've gotten a few of those. I'm like, what? That's it. That's the whole thing. Sure. 
So I click on it. I don't know who this person is. Like you click on the profile? Yeah, well, I click on the message. I'm like, okay. I don't know who this person is. Yeah. But right above that is a message that was sent from my DM to this person mm-hmm. by Chelsea Stallings. Well, that's been a minute. In 2019. <laughs> Asking if they still wanted our, us to be putting the climb into their group. Oh, that's f- wow. Okay. Three years later. Hey, sure. <laughs> this is the difference between most groups and the climb. <laughs> wow. That's welcome to the slide. <laughs> wow. I was just like, holy crap. That was, I, I'm not sure what's worse. Like that guy. It took that long to respond, or that it just that he thought he should after that long. Yeah, like, like I think I, we're probably oh, yeah. still waiting on me. <laughs> wow, that's funny. No, I yeah. thought it was just one of those like random DMs that's like spammy, like a bot kind of thing where they just go, Hi. Nope. It was that's a response it. to a DM that we sent that Chelsea sent on my behalf, right? right. From because I had tasked her at one point with just because the group algorithms were starting to change on Facebook mm-hmm. and we we're starting to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. We started. We started to look like spam for doing something that we had been doing all along. Yeah, for the last couple of years, which was just we had permission to add mm-hmm. value to these groups with our program, and I was just reconfirming everything because I wasn't sure how it was changing. Yeah, but a lot of people are like, no, no, we love it. No, keep it in there, and literally, it just ended. It didn't matter anyway because the algorithm just changed. Like we don't care. Yeah. If they give you permission or not, you can't just put other links into other groups and they change the rules. Fine. Yeah. But like three years later, sure. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I mean, it was God a guy in a coma him. for three years and he came out. God bless him. He has no idea what no, happened. I think it's the way most Facebook groups work. So long story I mean, long. If that's an option to have gone into a coma and missed the last three years, sign me up. You're right. <laughs> he picked the perfect time to he do it. 2019 <laughs> all the way into 2022. Dude, that's winning. That yeah, is a, that winning. is a high right there. <laughs> God has a Congrats, plan. <laughs> Coming, guys, we want you to join. This is brethren here. This is your sisterhood. These are people that are your compatriots, your equals, your colleagues that are there to help and support you and lift you up. The feed, and by the way, I'm seeing more and more like good stuff yeah, in the feed of the group. People that are, yeah, that are adding like cool, just cool stuff that's in mm-hmm. there because it's stuff that's for the feed. By all means, man, if you got something that everybody needs to hear, that's great. If it's about you personally, about a gig, mm-hmm. we want you to post that in the right place, not the feed. If it's exactly. stuff about you, about some new music released, we want to hear about that too. That's in another place that we create for you, mm-hmm. not the feed. And let's talk about like wins. We've got new heights on Wednesday, right? Yes. We call it Wednesday wins. Which, hey, if you miss Wednesday, you can always go on there on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, yeah, you can post add to it. On right? that post whenever your little heart desires. Right. Because that's where we want to hear about it, and that's where you get all the love. Exactly. What do you not get if you post it in the feed? Love. Exactly. You get the You get disdain. Out. Right. You get disdain. Scorn. Shame. Scorn. Shame. Yeah. That's- Everybody just rolls <laughs> their eyes like, okay. This guy's clearly not listening to the podcast. Exactly. Oh, poor person. He's mm-hmm. praying and praying. But we do have some Wednesday wins. 
on to the positive. So yes, every Wednesday morning, we post the new Heights post and that's where we encourage you to share your wins with us so we can celebrate with you. We know where they are and we know they're not spam, they're jam, right? So yep. jam is sweet. A couple we'll share here. Uh, Sunday Joe Graham says, a song I wrote with Kathy Wallace and Tracy Collins, all climbers. Not My Will, Yours Be Done is being pitched by Ray Hamilton's team. So that's song placement pros to a few different labels. So sweet. And a song I wrote with Chris Tiscarino, Baby Girl, has been sent for an NSAI publisher luncheon. I think the song is going to buy me a truck. (laughs) I hope so. I think that song's going to buy me a truck. It can buy me a truck. truck. Yes, and she signed up to an open mic in St. Louis next week. So she is C-L-I-M-B-I-N-G. She is climbing. And she so, is climbing. Good job, Sunday. Joe, Will Gunnell music is- oh, Hold on, wait a second. Yes. Uh, let, let me stop you. Did you mm-hmm. get that email that I forwarded you from oh, Chris Discarino? Chris, that was awesome. Yes, we need to get permission to share that. Can we read that? I'm looking for it right now. Chris, I forwarded that to Brent, obviously, but I wanted to chat you out about this because yes. this- was well, should we uh, should we email him first and just make sure it's cool to share that on the or did he say that in the email that's cool to share? I don't remember him saying it was cool to share. I guess maybe we email let's him. check with him first. Okay, and then we'll share. Ooh, ooh! Now the suspense is building. So the myth I call him Myth Carino because uh, <laughs> Chris Myth Carino because they don't see him. <laughs> He's like Sasquatch. No one sees him. Yes, he is. He's more talented than Sasquatch, but yes. So anyway, so we have another one. Another new height is Will Gunnell Music's pre-success celebration. I like that. Co-wrote with Herbie Hayes called a song called Christmas Cabana, which released today in time for the holidays. So move on over, Mariah. Someone else has to have the number one spot this year. So he shares a link to that, which is cool. That's a success. So good job, Will. I hope it does well for you. And the last one here is uh, one of mine. So I'm back in the top 10 in Australia with the song I wrote with Climber and Songwriting Pro member Andrew Cavanaugh. And we also wrote with the artist Ben Gunn. It's called Down Highway One. And it's up from number 21 up to number six. So this has been like the craziest chart watching ever because it like debuted at like number 38. The next week it was at eight. Then like the next week it was like down to like the 30s again. Like, oh, yeah, that was quick as a hiccup. That had a cup of coffee in the chart. And then it went back up to number 21. Now it's up to number six. So I don't know what they're drinking down there, but it's fun to watch. So <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for and Ben, for letting me be a part of Down Highway 1, which is up to number six. I love that. I love that. So I do want to share this. I think we're fine with this. Okay. This is So Chris, Myth Chris, <laughs> sends this as is Johnny. A while back, you and Brent had an episode on The Climb. I can't recall the episode number where at some point you were talking about a female singer. This was Mackenzie O'Brien that I'm working with, who's mm. actually in town this week working. And y'all just wrote a banger last night. That what? was fun. It was fun. You Good and song. Her. You were talking about a female singer you were working with. She had a show coming up, and your suggestion was start with the chorus of the song, then into the first verse. It's how she started the show, right? Like acapella mm. is what he means. I'm like reading this verbatim, but what he's talking yeah. about is us saying, hey, vamp on the chorus and then get the band going. So I, he said, I really got to recently get to play a song written by Patrick Adams, Brad Hacker, and myself. These are mm-hmm. some usual suspects in our awesome group here. And myself in front of a crowd in Texas and had the opportunity to use your advice. The crowd was loud and it's doing its thing. I took a breath and vocally cannonballed into the deep end of the chorus. Just a voice. I drug out the words and melody for maximum effect. Like that's to me, that's just called vamping, right? That's, that's, you're just vamping. I said, by the end of the chorus, it was so silent. If I was alone in the darkness in the center of the great pyramid for that moment, 
the floor was mine. It was just cool to put that knowledge into practice and to see it work. Tips and tricks us listeners glean from you and Brent add up and produce results. I just wanted to share that with you. Thanks a lot, Chris Tiscarino. That was awesome, Chris. That is awesome. Yeah. And his description of it is awesome. You can tell that boy's a writer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I did picture him in the middle, one spotlight, of the Great Pyramid, mm-hmm. and it's just like he owns it. He and owns the, the cannonball, but he commanded attention. He didn't ask for it, right? He commanded it. There's a difference, right, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen? Can I, hey, can, can I have? Is this on? <laughs> can right. I have your attention, please? I would. Hi, I would like to start right now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Right. Can't I'm just start gonna to, start to singing. Looking. I've got my melody and my verse, so then I that way I will have them, and I want to sing, and I want you to pay attention. <laughs> no, he just went up and started doing his thing, but pattern interrupt yes. in a different way, right? Awesome. That's fun. All right, so make sure you follow the podcast or subscribe to it, and make sure you tell a friend about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, uh, we just got through telling you about people that are climbing up, that are using some of the the knowledge we put forth and applying it and seeing it work. And that's just freaking exciting. When you get some new shiny tool and you're like, this thing could be cool. And then you go ahead and you apply it and you're like, it worked. There's no better high. You know what I mean? Like that's just freaking awesome. So I love these stories, but man, share it with a friend. That's right. right. Help us help you help them. That's right. All right. So talk to me about paralysis. Yes. So the title of this, we call it creative paralysis, but actually it's more of a analysis paralysis, but we figured you might not know what that is on the title. So our uh, mutual friend, Noah Smith, we met Noah, or I met Noah anyway in Denmark. Yeah. And I think maybe you met him before, but anyway, singer songwriter from Ohio. Love Noah. He has this group called The Long Cut. It's kind of like a mastermind kind of group of other independent singer songwriters and stuff. So he has this group that he's kind of shepherding and working with. And so I was a guest on their most recent expert call doing some Q&A. Very interesting. I did yeah, not know fun. about that this group existed. I love Yes. It. So I basically, we just patterned this expert call like one of our jam sessions at, at Songwriting Pro where I'll teach on something for about five, 10 minutes, and then we just open it up to Q&A. And so it was fun. And so our mutual friend, Noah Smith. So we, I met Noah anyway in Denmark. So he's a singer songwriter independent out of Ohio. And so super nice guy. And so we got to hang out some in Denmark, which was cool. And anyway, he has a group called the long cut, I guess is the opposite of shortcut. It's the long uh-huh. mentality, right? At first I was like, is this like a tobacco? Is this like a dip? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like long cut. No, apparently it's not. It's taking the long cut. The, not taking the shortcuts. Okay, got it. So he has this mastermind group of independent singer-songwriters up around, many of them up around Ohio, but some other places as well. Anyway, so they do mastermind stuff, and so they brought me in for an expert call, which was cool. So I just patterned it like a jam session like we do at songwritingpro.com, where I teach on something for about 10 minutes, and then we open it up to Q&A, record it, share with the members, that kind of stuff. So it was fun to do that. Anyway, so during that Q&A and stuff, I'd mentioned something about analysis paralysis, which is what I described in the cold open where you lock up because everything has to be great. It has to be the perfect. This just has to be killer and and nothing happens but a headache. So that's analysis paralysis. And one writer asked me, I think it might have been Amy, but she asked me how I overcome analysis paralysis. So I thought it was a good question. I personally liked my answer that night. (laughs) <laughs> so I expounded upon it. And I thought I'd make a good episode. I want to share it with you, dear climber. So that's what we're going to talk about. So 
Question, how do I overcome the the blank page bully, right? That analysis paralysis. How do I sit down at the blank page and not lock up because I'm trying to be perfect? Because that's usually when that happens. Like it's that perfectionism. It's not perfect. This has to be a better idea. This first line isn't good enough, so I can't get to the second line. So how do I not let the fact that I could, like on any given day, write a hit that makes six figures? Or as Sunday Joe said earlier, like this song could buy me a truck. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's great possibility, but also it's a lot of pressure to know that any day that could happen. Don't screw it up because I, I would like to have a truck <laughs> again, right? Yeah. So how do I overcome that analysis paralysis? And so the bottom line is that I push the pressure as far down the creative funnel as possible. Okay. So as we talk about this, hopefully this will make sense, but that's the. Uh, you have my attention. Yeah. I push the pressure as far down the creative funnel as possible. Okay. So what's the creative funnel for me? So, you know, you picture a funnel, the big end at the top, it gets more narrow. Then you got this little part at the bottom where the stuff falls out. Right. right. So for me, it's song titles go in the top of the funnel. Huh the wide opening of the funnel and finished songs come out the small end of the funnel. Okay. So I got, and I push the pressure, the pressure I put on myself as close to the exit of that funnel as possible. I just try to delay that pressure, right? Push it all the way down. So there's less pressure at the top of the funnel. And this helps me not get analysis paralysis. It helps me get creative momentum and confidence that gives me a huge running start and allows me to bust through any analysis paralysis kind of sneak up on it or get a running start. Either way you want to look at it. I get that creative momentum going. So I'm not staring at the blank page going, oh my gosh, this has to be perfect. And it's not perfect yet. So I can't write anything down. So I just kind of break down how I do this because I hadn't really thought about it until they asked me that question. I'm like, oh, that that kind of is how I do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm a title first guy usually. I don't always write that way. I mean, yesterday when I was writing with Mackenzie and uh, Chad Wilson, Mm -hmm. she's like, I want to write this kind of song, like this kind of vibe, like this kind of artist type vibe. Huh. That's where we were starting. And then I went and found, they were played some stuff from that artist and we're just like getting the vibe, like, oh, this kind of vibe. And then I found a title that kind of worked with that vibe and they liked it and we were off to the races. But a lot of times I'm like title first and then I'll develop from there. The vibe. Yeah. So for me, the top of the funnel is song titles. And how do I fill up the top of that funnel? I have my song title habit. Now, you've heard of the song title challenge. Well, this is my song title habit. Okay, so basically what I do is I have my in my James Clear Habits journal. So at the top of the funnel, <laughs> since I'm a title first guy, I, I pop in all these song titles at the top of the funnel. And I have my song title habit. So I have my James Clear Habits journal and it has a line a day calendar in there. So one line for every day of the year. And my goal is to put a song title for every day of the year. So every day, Monday through Sunday, write it, come up with a song title, good, bad, or ugly. It doesn't matter. And if I do that every day, that's 365 new titles every Every year. year. Yeah. Okay. So now, Johnny, do you think I'm going to write all those titles? Am I going to write 365 songs in a year? No. No, I'm not Bill O'Hanlon. Or Lucy LeBlanc or Paul DeMarco. <laughs> you know, Bill Halen or Paul DeMarco or... <laughs> Lucy, yeah. Or, or yeah, Lucy LeBlanc. <laughs> I'm not, okay? Okay, they're freaks in nature. Yeah, the rest that, of us That's suckers. a different thing, right? You got to find your process. So this is my process. I know from the start, I'm not going to write all those titles. For one thing, I already have a backlog of like 4,000, almost 5,000 titles, right? 
already have a backlog of that and I'm adding to it daily. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how much pressure is on each song title to be amazing? None. None. There's just no pressure, right? Yep. The win comes when I write down a song title. Yep. And that's a win. There's no pressure. Right. So no analysis paralysis going on there. Why? Because I'm probably not going to, oh, that's that's not the best. I don't care. I'm not going to, probably not going to write it anyway. So put it down. I got my title down. Because it kind of goes back to the old, there's a saying, like, how do you have a great idea? You have a bunch of bad ideas. Yeah. That's how you get to a great idea. Just have a bunch of bad ideas and a great one pops out. You just keep things flowing and a great one pops out. If you just sit there and only try to have a great idea. Whew. Yeah, Kim Tribble. I write 12 songs a week. Holy crap, you do? Because, yeah, I don't get excited. They all suck. Yeah. but yeah, <laughs> I got I to write 25 or 30 songs to get to a decent one. Yeah. But he's got a bunch of cuts and hits to his name. So yeah. it oh, works, right? Okay. Got yeah. a couple number ones. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I heard of him. <laughs> there's that. Bless his heart. He's in yes. heaven now. So there's just not... Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. When you write down a title, mm-hmm. because whatever the inspiration was, maybe somebody said something, mm-hmm. and like sometimes it's just a cool title for the sake of a title, right? Yeah, it's a and phrase. Like, it's, it's a phrase, and you just like it. You like the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. But are there sometimes when you hear that phrase or this title comes to mind and you're thinking about a specific scenario? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you write that down? Yes. In your book? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. I'm not tied to that, of course, no. but I will capture that if there's something there. Right. For sure. I capture that. But thing is that doing the song title habit, I don't have to be precious about each song title because that's not the song I'm going to write that day. Most likely. Sometimes you come up with a title that day and you write it that day and that's awesome, but that's because you're feeling it, right? Yeah. But there's no pressure to do that. I'm just putting these on a list, man. And they're going to go on the list and the list is never ending. And I will never write all the song, all the titles off that list. And that's cool. That's fine. Hey, I, I came up with the title today. Good, bad, or ugly. Who might not even know which category that falls into for the next 10 years, but that's cool. I got to win. I got to mark it off my daily habit tracker that I came up with my song title habit. Yeah. So no sweat, no pressure, no need for analysis paralysis. Cause you know why? If I come up with another idea later, I can add that to the list too. It's not even like I only get one per day. Yeah. But I just must have one. The minimum a of one. Minimum a day. of one, right? Yeah. All right. So that's the top of the funnel. So it's getting filled up with all these song titles. Now, next step down the funnel is I have my song title challenge, uh, which we're, if you're a list climber for any length of time here, you're familiar with. Man, what kind of numbers are we talking about there? Says ideally, I do one of those each working day, which is like five days a week. I don't do them on the weekend or whatever. And I don't, I don't even do them every day. Unfortunately, I'd like to. They're fun. But say if I even did, let's do some quick calculator math here. So you got 365 days. You got what, 50 weeks of five days, right? So say I take two well, weeks off. 52 weeks in a year, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Say I take two weeks off, which I don't. Okay. But, you know, for <laughs> sick kids and different stuff, two weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. okay. That's 250 days where I could do a song title challenge. Okay. Yeah. So, Already, you're like, well, 365 and 250, and I'm going through old titles too, yeah, because of the way I do that. I pick a, a block of 20 song titles. I just got to pick one of them, set a timer for like 10 minutes, and riff on it, and just brainstorm on it, mm-hmm. and just see it on angles and that kind of stuff, just to see what could be buried in this title that might be really cool. I've gotten so much good results from that that I try to do it a lot. So even if I did it half the days, my working days, that's 125 a year. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to, 
most years I don't write. I, I think the most I've written in years like 102. I've done that 102 songs in a year. I've done that a couple times. Mm. So still, if I do 125, so half of my working days I do a song title challenge and I write only from my song title challenges and I do like half of, yeah, that's 125 song title challenges. So I'm not going to write most of those, right? It's just not going to happen. How much pressure is there for every song title challenge to become like a cut or a great song? Still no pressure. Still, right. No, very little pressure, right? It's like a little more, but, but very minimal. Steps, the song title challenge part of the funnel and the title part of the funnel mm-hmm. are actually a massive increase in initial production. It is, but with like zero pressure. With zero pressure. It's all wins. You do it, you win. This is like, is this heaven you're talking about? <laughs> this just feels like you can't lose. You can't at this point. You only lose by not this doing these. This makes me happy steps. right now. I'm in a happy place right yeah. now, like listening to this. I'm like, yeah. I like the way you think about this. Well, it's I haven't thought about it quite this way before, so that's why I want to share it. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So now we're having, I don't know, 125 to 250 chances at finding, like, turning a title into, like, a really cool concept that I want to take into a write. Because most of them won't be, and that's fine. And I know that going in, so there's not that pressure. And I show up to each song title challenge. And there's that thing of today might be something, like, really cool. Like, a couple days ago or last week, I guess, I was in my next 20 in line. I don't pick it. It's the next 20 in line. And there wasn't much there. I had this one that I was like, uh, I don't know what would happen with this, but it's kind of the cleanest, dirty shirt. It's the newest old thing in the fridge that probably won't right. make me sick kind of thing. You know, it's the least wilted, <laughs> wilted lettuce. It was the best of all the evils. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I'll try that one. It's like voting for, for a political yeah, exactly. Yeah. Leader. <laughs> it is. It is. Which arm you value more? So you're left to your right. You're going to cut one of them off. Well, which, yeah, one? <laughs> which one do you want? But then, so it's like, I kind of know what to do with it, like how to write it, but I just don't know if there's like an outlet for it. It's on this particular one, like, okay, I kind of know how I could write it, but 
I don't know if there's anything I could do with that. I may never bring it into a ride. But then you, know, you work on it and then you spend a little time with it. And I figured out, oh, yeah, this could be like a bluegrass thing. Like, I don't think it works for country. But, oh, this could be a fun tempo bluegrass thing. And now I have it on my list to bring in next time I write with one of my bluegrassers. Like, yeah. oh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely bringing this up. And we'll see. It may fly, it may not, but still. But hey. it just went from number 400 on your list of things to do up into the, like the top five. Yeah. I'm ready when I walk into that room with that bluegrasser that, here we go. I'm bringing the sucker up. And look yeah. at that, snuck up on me. No pressure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's like you find, uh, what's this going? I got to prepare a song idea that I'm excited to bring into so-and-so. I mean, I do that, but this is like, it totally snuck up on me where I was like, oh, this can go with so-and-so, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Like, so if you do, like, you get that right. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, I'm also going to do what I would normally do to prepare for this right. Yes. But I've got this little Easter egg right here. Yeah. That I can also throw out there. Like, so I got this and this. And also. Well, I mean, most of the stuff. What about this? Honestly, most of the stuff I'm going to bring in is the result of song title challenges. There you go. Because that's where I develop stuff. Right. I mean, there's some that are like, oh, that's really cool. You know, I've just woodshed on it just outside of the song title challenge, but that's a lot of my consistent creative work where I'm. So side note, when you're trying to add value, like in a writing room and you're like, I've got this idea for a song title. Here it is. Mm -hmm. The dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you're in there going, okay, so I've got this idea for a song title and an angle for it. Oh, that's different. Right. So the dance, eh. but mm -hmm. check it out. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. let's write that right now. That's a metaphor for life. Oh, yeah. Like right. Randy, Randy Barber was telling us about he just got living more than one year at a time cut again, right? This time it's going to be by Jelly Roll. Yeah, it's a big is, deal. Yeah. And yesterday in the office, he was telling us the story about how that happened. Well, they had wrote the gospel according to Jones, which is like the biggest song on that record, This Life Ain't for Everybody from Eric Lee Bedingfield. Mm -hmm. And George Jones did a duet on it. Whew. Right. And it was like, I think that was the last thing George Jones sang before he passed away. Oh, wow. And he wasn't looking good. Mm -hmm. Right. And so people were commenting on that. And, and, you know, Eric was telling Randy, like, man, I, he's not looking too good. You know what I mean? Like, and Randy's like, he, he's only like 75, but he's like, he doesn't look like he's 75. Right. Yeah. He looks like he's 95. Yeah. And Randy was like, that's because he's living more than one year at a time. <laughs> yeah. And, and Eric's like, we're writing what? that right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to write that song today. And they did. And it's been yeah. cut four freaking times. That's you know awesome. I mean? <laughs> that's, that's one thing I love about creative people is that they talk in hooks so many times. Yeah. And not even just creatives, but some are just those good old boys that just have a very colorful vocabulary or whatever. But also creatives, like, uh, I think in general, we like to keep your, keep your ears up. Because they'll say yeah. stuff. Antenna. Yeah, your antenna. Your antenna. Exactly. Because they're always trying to just like find a, a little way to tweak a phrase. And that's just a great phrase. So uh -huh. God bless George Jones. Yeah. All right. So we're we're moving down the funnel and still very little pressure. It's like all wins, right? It's all wins. And I'm moving and I'm sneaking up on this analysis paralysis. It doesn't know I'm coming. Right. And all right. So now I have some co-writes in my books. All right. So like, ooh, I got a co-write coming up. Now the pressure is starting to build a little bit. So I go through the best of my song title challenges that I've done, plus other ideas that I've accumulated. So just what we were talking about. And I try to find at least a handful that I feel are worth bringing into that right. 
Mm-hmm. And the odds are I'm going to have a few because out of all those song title habits and all those song title challenges and the other stuff that I'm accumulating as I'm gathering ideas and everything, the numbers start to add up. So I'm looking mm-hmm. through trying to go, oh, well, this writer has this kind of vibe. Oh, that would be good for them. This is more of a Texas. I'm writing with this Texas artist. And so this is a good thing for him. Or I'm writing with this more of a female rock thing. Oh, that'll work for that. And I've just built up all these ideas. So I gather up the ideas. And if I have time, I'll woodshed on a couple of them before them. Right. Just try to bring them a little further along. And then the pressure starts to ratchet up because I'm like, I'm in the right. And we're going to toss around some ideas to write that day. Yeah, that's where we start really narrowing it down. Hey, what do you got any ideas? And I know for just from experience that sometimes, a lot of times, the first thing I throw out will be the dinger. Like, oh, I liked it. Let's go. So that's where I start to feel more pressure and want to like feel like I'm throwing out the right thing. But I've had all this stuff to, to choose from. I'm narrowing down. I'm not narrowing up. I'm whittling down. I'm not whittling up to one. Yeah. I'm narrowing. The, like, what's my what's my best shot here? I'd rather have like, I think we got a lot of plays here than get us that first down. Which one do I feel best about? What's the high percentage shot here? And so that's just a, a place of strength and confidence to come from. And so, yeah, I'm starting to have more, more stress, but guess what? I already have starts on these things. Yeah. So it's, it's not a blank page bully anymore. Ha <laughs> ha, sucker. All right, I got stuff on that page. Yeah. Snuck up on the bully. Cococker, yeah. didn't see it coming. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And the whole thing was like, you know, like not very much pressure. So then I'm building from something. I'm finding these ideas going, okay, what do I want for the tomorrow? And I'm choosing from stuff that already exists. I'll have a couple ideas that I feel like will work. So go write on the books and this coming week. And so I'm already getting my list together of like, here's stuff that I may want to present. Here's kind of my priority. And, and then you get in there and you wing it. And you know what? Sometimes we don't write my idea and that's fine. We don't have to write my idea. I don't care. At the end of the day, I want to write something great. We'll write a different idea. Cool. If they have an idea, that's even better for me because I still have all the ideas I came in with. So I still have all those ideas I can shop around somewhere else if we come up with a better idea in the room or they have a better yeah, idea. Yeah, if the artist has the idea, it's going to be like, it's even better because it's their idea. It's, you know, just went up percentage-wise and getting cut. In their sight. Right, exactly. So I'm like, I love that. And I trust myself that I can adjust on the fly and do good work in the room Mm -hmm. through all this stuff. I've just been geared to like, Oh, it's time to sit down and be creative. Let's do it. Let's do it. You start building up that confidence. Maybe we don't write my idea. Maybe we write my co-writer's idea or an idea pops up in the room and that stuff happens all the time. And knowing that it may happen. And that's the kind of knowing that only comes with experience, knowing that something else may pop up in the room. It helps me relax. And so that's another way of taking off that pressure. I walk in, I have some ideas ready to present to my co-writer. And if it's an artist, I do want to start with, hey, what's going on in your life? What's interesting? What's breaking your heart? What's making you mad? What's all that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, I have these other things that I may or may not even present. Yeah. And so, hey, just lower pressure. Yeah, The pressure kicks in when they go, I got this idea I want to write. Here's a title. Or I want to write this kind of thing. Oh, okay. Huh. And you may not be prepared for that. Right. But that's just when having done the reps, showing up in rooms for years kicks in and you just feel confident you can do it. That's what happened yesterday with McKinsey. Yeah. She threw us a little bit of a curve. I was like aiming for this certain type of vibe. And then she's like, I want to do this kind of vibe. Okay, adjust. Let's go. But I've done it for years. So no biggie. Let's go. So that kind of stuff helps me relax and not have analysis paralysis. 
And so does something else. It's the age old music row saying that the saying is dare to suck, right? Dare to suck. So you got an idea, you got a line, throw it out there. It may suck or maybe sucktacular. I don't know, but you'll never know if you don't throw it out there. Even if it's not the winner, it may spark an idea that is the winner. That's another thing that we tell each other, hey, dare to suck. I mean, people often in a rag go, okay, this is, okay, this may be dumb. This may be, uh, I don't know. And we're always like, hey, bring it, bring it. Throw it out there. Yeah. Like, come on. It may not be it, but it may spark what is. There's not that much pressure on every single line I throw out there to be perfect because it may just be ballpark. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of pushing the pressure down the funnel closer to that finished product. So you can kind of stay loose because creativity works best when you're loose a little bit Mm -hmm. when you relax a little bit and you can laugh and have a good time. Basically what the bottom line is, I think the cure for analysis paralysis or creative paralysis is quantity of creative work. The more you put in the top of the funnel, the less pressure there is on each song title or each riff or each melodic hook to be the one. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure to be the one when you have one. Yeah. When you yeah. got a thousand, better chance there's one in there. Just it's a numbers game. How do you come up with a few great ideas? You generate a ton of bad ideas. That's fine. Let's look at the opposite. Say you don't put that much at the top end of the funnel. Say if you're only going to capture 10 song ideas a month, each one has a lot more pressure on it because that's only 120 a year. Well, I've already yeah. told you I may put in north of 300 titles over a hundred song title challenges. But if you only have 120 titles, and if you're only gonna write maybe 20 songs this year, each song has so much more pressure on it to be great, to move your career forward, right? Yeah. But and hey, some people do write like that. Some yeah, people do write like that. They do. There are your Kim Tribbles, mm-hmm. who- And I Don mean, Schlitz, he was the same way the guy wrote The Gambler and all these great songs, Hall of Famer. Yeah, like 12 songs a week. Yeah. Times 50 weeks. I mean, do the math. That is a boatload of songs. Mm-hmm. Or like the Troika with Lucy LeBlanc and Paul DeMarco mm-hmm. and Bill, and yeah. Bill Hanlon, thousand songs in a year. I mean, that's, is that, was it a year? Something like between the three of them, it was something like that. Oh, yeah. Between the three of them, it was a thousand. That's right. Yeah. But that's a boatload of songs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, some people only write like nine songs a year, but they're all freaking killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most people aren't those people. And most people can't get to that quantity of that quality without a lot of quantity. That's right. Like most people just aren't there. Don't think you're that dude or that girl. That's right. (laughs) So I have another question. This may Mm -hmm. be like, like completely disconnected and Mm -hmm. I might be off base on this one, but like when we did, remember when we talked about the Tuesday night music club thing we were doing way back then at Kelly's studio. Oh yeah. Kelly's in my studio. Yeah. So one of the tricks we would do just to get, because the other thing that creativity feeds on is momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to get momentum going on the creativity, we would go in and we would record just like a cover song mm-hmm. just to get the train in the tracks and get it yeah. going, right? So everybody had a feeling of, okay, I, we have, we've done something tonight already. Now let's sit down and we're going to start writing this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just this sort of trick we did. Do you find that when you go into a writing room and you've got that bag of tricks, does that feel like momentum to you where it makes you just knowing that you have it makes you more creative in this other spot? 
I think it's so. almost like you're playing on house money or something, or maybe that's a bad analogy, but well, it is like the machinery is more consistently up and running, right? Yeah. And I do have that creative inertia of like positive inertia, like momentum going because so many days I'm exercising that creative muscle and I'm creating stuff and I'm proving over and over again that if I show up, it shows up too. So there's yeah. confidence, there's momentum. And yeah, it, it definitely feels like I got a head start on the co-write because uh, like I got this stuff already started that may be something here or may yeah. not. And so, yeah, I think it definitely helps. It's not like I haven't written in two weeks and then I show up to a co-write with an artist and I don't have any ideas either and have to start from a cold start. Yeah. I don't know what that's like <laughs> and I don't intend to find out. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be as good. And so yeah, I just that's keep cool. the machinery cool. up and running. And so I think you just, yeah, you have momentum, not just that day, but just through your life, through all year. I mean, think about it. If, if you're going to write 75 songs this year, like you did last year and like you'll probably do next year, you can relax a lot more with each one, right? That doesn't mean that you don't make each song the best it can be. You still work your butt off in the room. You always do your best every time because there are no throwaway opportunities. But the thing is, if you always do your best, your best will keep getting better. So that's part of it, too. That's part of it, too. And you know what else? You get perspective. Mm -hmm. On what's good and what's right? not. Yeah, and, and that it's okay to have not. Yeah, because most of them are not. Right, really. like, like, like it's, not, it's not the end of the world, like, like the way Billy Joel looks at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they're all my children. I love them equally. Some of them grow up to be doctors and lawyers. Some of them grow up to be delinquents. Right, yep. You know what I mean? It's okay. It's okay. So then all of a sudden, there's not this pressure of an outcome either for the song itself after it's done. It's mm -hmm. like... How that's going to work, it's not going to work. And you see some crazy-ass stuff. Like, I remember Cynthia Wheel and who is her main writing partner? Mm, I don't know. Famous, famous writing duo, right? They wrote, they were part of the whole Brill Building thing, I think, oh, in okay. New York back in the 60s and mm -hmm. everything. Barry Mann. Cynthia okay. Wheel and Barry Mann. God, Lord forgive me for not knowing that right <laughs> off the bat. But Wheel and Mann, I mean, they yeah. were a married couple that were gods of songs how mm. big a gods were they they wrote that love and feeling yeah there we go okay mm -hmm. you got that love and feeling whoa well so that's like i saw this i had the opportunity to see them with the stories behind the songs at the grammy theater which is like this little like 200 seater in los angeles downtown la yeah at the grammy museum and it was like really cool and you're just in there, and I mean, I could spit on them from where we are, and they're just telling all these stories about the songs that they had written, and they got, oh my God, some big ones. But on that particular song, they wrote it in New York, and they had it sent to Phil Spector, who was producing that record. Mm, on the Righteous Brothers, yeah. On the Righteous Brothers in L.A., Mm-hmm. And I think Barry is really excited about it. And Cynthia's like, oh, relax. Like, we're never going to change the world with a song that has whoa, whoa, whoa in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they were, like, making fun of themselves yeah, yeah. after they wrote it. Like, this is the dumbest thing we ever wrote. Move on to the next song. And holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> holy yeah, what a, I mean, what a song. <laughs> that's what I mean by perspective. You just don't know because you're so busy working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many interviews I've listened to with Bob Lessitz where he's like, did you know it was a hit? Yeah. No. 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 No, absolutely not. We knew it was good. 
Yeah. Meet Spec. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Meet Spec. Yeah. But we didn't, I mean, how do you know? You don't know. Right. But he's going to react to it. So all of a sudden, when you write a bunch of those, they don't become so individually precious. Mm-hmm. It's another brick in the wall. Exactly. Maybe it turns into a gold brick. There Maybe it turns does, into a platinum yeah. brick. Maybe it turns into a diamond see-through brick like they had in the 80s. Ooh, those are Only fun. those were glass. But yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. it's uh it's so much a, a question of quantity. And then when you work, always do your best. But it, you push that pressure, just delay that pressure, right? And you, you build up that momentum. And I think you're going to see good results. It's going to be a lot more enjoyable process to not like have to sweat bullets every time you sit down at a page. It just makes it where it's not so precious and you can enjoy it more. You get that good feeling that Johnny had at the beginning of the episode when I'm just describing it. Yeah. One other quick story about Cynthia Will and Barry Mann. Yeah. That it just completely does not related to this in any way, shape, or form. But before I forget about it, <laughs> like I can't remember the name of the artist, but Barry Mann co-wrote, I know it was a Canadian artist, Barry Mann co-wrote, they told the story about how they co-wrote, as Dan Hill was his name. And the okay. song is Sometimes When We Touch. Oh, the honesty is just too right. much. Sometimes right. when we touch, the honesty is too much. I want to hang my head and cry. So he comes down from Canada, gives Barry this piece of paper, and he's got these lyrics written. And mm-hmm. he's like, here, check this out. And Barry's like, okay. And he starts farting around with it. And I think Dan Hill gets bored. So he goes to like a restaurant mm-hmm. and orders some lunch. And the soup shows up and he's eating the soup. And all of a sudden the restaurant comes in with the phone and they're like, a phone call here for you, Mr. Hill. He's like, oh, okay. There's Barry Mann. He's like, okay, check this out. And he plays it on the piano. <laughs> and it's a Dan Hill like dropped the phone into the soup. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's it. <laughs> That's funny. But sorry, funny. I don't know. Just a great songwriting story that I thought was fantastic that I learned in one of those things. But that anyway, go ahead. Sorry, it's let's wrap soup it up. dropper. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but that's what I had. So keep doing your best, and your best will keep getting better. At the top of the funnel, just relax, kick out a ton of creative content, and that's how you beat creative analysis paralysis. Hey, just for sitting in with us. I have a gift for you. It's called Six Simple Ways to Make Your Songs More Commercial. It's a PDF download. It's my gift to you. You can get it at six, the number six, six simple ways dot songwritingpro.com. That is six, the number six, six simple ways dot songwritingpro.com. It should also be in the show notes. Uh, you just click on that. Just tell me where to send it. We send it out to you. Just some of the stuff I've learned over my years in the business to help you write songs that just have a better competitive advantage. So thank you for listening and for climbing with us. That's what I got. There you go. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. That was good stuff, man. Like I learned a lot on that. That was like inspiring for me. I don't even write songs anymore. (laughs) But make sure you join the Climb community, follow the podcast, and tell a friend about it, guys. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.